Hello and welcome to a special episode of our local series, Collie Just Transition, a podcast which focuses on the work being done to help deliver new opportunities for the town of Collie as we continue to transition away from coal-fired power stations. Why such a special episode today? Well, that is because today we have an important guest in the Collie Community Radio studio. Hello and welcome to you, Energy Minister Bill Johnston. G'day, Norma. Good to be here. Minister Johnston, you've been in Collie alongside Premier Mark McGowan today to share quite a few important announcements about the future of Collie and specifically the Muja and Collie power stations. Luckily for us, we get to share that news direct to Collie residents, which is what this podcast is all about. So thank you for your time. You're welcome. Firstly, can you explain the reason behind your visit today? Sure. So today we were announcing decisions on the future of the Collie power station and the Muja Stage D power station. And so what we've decided to do is, because of the change dynamic in the electricity system, is to give five years notice that the Collie coal-fired power station will be closing and seven years notice that the Muja Stage D power station will also be closing. So this is the first time really we've had a definite date That's right. We're trying to give as long a notice as possible so that the community can adapt to these changes and at the same time we can do proper planning as we transition away from coal for the broader electricity system. Well, in fact, that is what the Just Transition program is all about, isn't it? Absolutely. We're Mm -hmm. very determined to support the Collie community. The Collie community has been great for Western Australians and Western Australians need to support the Collie community during this transition. Now, I think there's quite a large financial investment involved here, is there? Yes, so the Premier was pleased to announce today that there's a $662 million boost for Collie's transition, and that includes $300 million for the decommissioning of the power stations, uh, an extra $200 million invested in the Collie Industries Fund, to support attracting new industry to Collie, as well as other investments to support training and workforce transition. Uh, This closure of the power stations will have a big effect on the Collie mining industry. And as I understand it, the mining companies have a take or pay contract. Does that affect that take or pay contract if the mines are no longer supplying coal to the power stations? Yes, well, we we have to work with the coal mines to see what transition they need to go through because uh, we buy coal from Yan Coal Premier and as the major customer of Premier Coal Mine, we understand that our decision directly impacts on the viability of Premier. Of course, we need the coal until we close the Muja station, so we're in discussions with Yan Coal Premier to make sure that uh, we can work with them to keep the coal running as long as we need it. So what's most important to our listeners is a huge sum of money like that should provide a positive outcome for Collie people. Yes, we're we're confident that our investments will help the Collie community in transition. We know that uh, you know we've we've had great success so far with our Collie transition, but we know that this next phase is going to be even more difficult. So we want to make sure there's good, well-paid, skilled jobs for the blue-collar workforce that already sits here in Collie. And that's one of the reasons we're very keen to accelerate the decommissioning 
once the stations close. Previously, power stations just sat unused when they were closed, but we're actually going to actively decommission them. That'll cost over $300 million and provide hundreds of jobs for a a number of years. When you decommission it, are the transmission uh, lines going to remain? Because we've had a number of industries or possible potential industries for whom that network being in place is a, a big asset. Yes, there's no question that some of the infrastructure in place might be valuable for future land users and we'll work with the Collie community to make sure the right type of infrastructure is in place. I mean, some of the infrastructure will have to be removed because it's uh, older infrastructure that was built to a former building standards and might have some asbestos and other material in it, which we wouldn't want to have in place afterwards. But certainly we want to make sure that useful infrastructure is left in place, uh, given that it will take many years after the closure of the plant to do the decommissioning. But nonetheless, could be some good industrial land available in the early 2030s. There was a lot of discussion in today's announcement about rooftop solar within the state. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but the last week's front page story in the Collie River Valley Bulletin was about the solar uptake in Collie, which is above the state average. So how big is the uptake statewide and how does that impact flow through? Yes, so this is what's fundamentally driving the transition in the electricity system and the reason that coal-fired power stations have difficulty working in the modern electricity system we have here in WA. So about 35% of houses in the southwest interconnected system have solar on their roof. We expect that to rise to 50% over the next few years. In fact, the same capacity went on rooftops last year as the Collie coal-fired power station by itself. So that is driving changes to the way we use electricity and we have to adapt through the use of modern technologies like batteries and that has an even bigger impact on the coal stations as well. So what's effectively happening is the rooftop solar combined with wind is driving out the coal stations. That's unfortunate but inevitable. So if your new batteries will be introduced, does that take the place of the the baseline power, the re- reliable baseline power that coal-fired stations can provide? Sure. Look, one, one of the changes here in Western Australia is that our minimum demand is falling, uh, again, because of rooftop solar. So what's called system minimum demand is now at 680 megawatts, is, which is very, very small when you think that our peak demand is 4,000 megawatts. And that unfortunately makes coal uh, increasingly less viable because coal works best when it is used at the same rate Mm. all the time. But because of the changing dynamics of our, our system, we need to have more flexible generation and unfortunately that's not coal. So we will need backup to renewables. Of course, in Western Australia, we have more gas generation than in other states. With, uh, a, with a guaranteed reserve, I understand. With a guaranteed reserve, absolutely. It's one of the good things about Western Australia. And we, if you think about it, we've carefully managed our system here in Western Australia because we have lots of the system is owned by the government. We can make these long-term decisions. So you think about it, we're making a decision today that'll be only fully implemented in seven years' time. And because we have government control, we're able to do that. On the East Coast, they've got chaos because they 
haven't done proper planning. Perish the thought for you, but if there was a change of government, would that long-term thinking still be in place? Well, I mean, common sense would say that the fundamentals should remain the same. You know, that's one of the challenges is that uh, my shadow in the Liberal Party doesn't show common sense, but let's hope that the Labor Party will be re-elected at the next election because that'll provide that long-term stability that we need here in this state and certainly with Mark McGowan. He's provided strong and stable leadership for this state. Well, there you go. You've got your slogan for the next election campaign. What would you say to Collie residents who are concerned about the way in which the retirement of our power stations are speeding ahead? Well, look, we're we're trying to give people as much notice as possible. We understand the challenges that these closures cause, and that's why for the first round of closures with C, we gave three years and five years notice, and now we're giving five years and seven years notice for the next stage of closures. And when you compare it to the chaos on the East Coast, where they don't know today what they're going to do tomorrow, you know, we're trying to do our best. We understand the impact that it's having on the community. That's why we've got the Just Transition Plan. Well, we've had quite a few members of the uh, Just Transition group come into our studio and talk to us through this podcast. And uh, certainly I was extremely impressed with the synergies, the way Synergy is is tackling it. It was one-on-one, which is you can't get better than that. That's right. How can the people of Collie be sure that the WA government will help to ensure a future for Collie? Well, we, we, you know, what I always say is that the people of Collie have been very good to the Labor Party over a, a long period of time, and the Labor Party is determined to be good for the people of Collie. So we don't want to abandon anybody here. We know the difficulty that's been caused by the change to the electricity system that's driving out the coal use, and that's why we're investing uh, $662 million of fresh money into Collie as part of this Just Transition Plan. I have heard people from other centres say, uh, well, how come Collie is getting all this money and tried pointing out to them that in the past, Collie didn't get a lot of money invested in them because uh, the mines were working under a different system where they weren't there. The, mm. the royalties were going straight to the state government and Collie actually wasn't benefiting from that. And that five-sixths of the Collie Shire actually doesn't generate rates for the local government body. So Yeah, so look, I mean, I don't think anybody in Collie should feel embarrassed by the fact that uh, the government is investing in the community. This is a great community. It's a lovely part of Western Australia, and we want to make sure that this regional community stays viable. For 130 years, the people of Collie have supported the industrial development of virtually every other part of the state. Now it's time for that favour to be returned. Well, um, I'm sure most people in Collie would agree with you there. Now, if people want information about the latest updates, do you have a resource where they can find that? Well, people who are looking for new information about the latest updates can go to uh, wa.gov.au forward slash Collie Just Transition and they'll find the information they need there. We'll continue to put updates on that uh, part of the website to make sure that people stay informed. And we will be continuing our uh, Just Transition podcasts. So thank you for your time today, Minister Johnson. You're and welcome. as the Minister mentioned, more information is available at the Collie Just Transition webpage, wa.gov.au forward slash Collie Just Transition. 
Thank you for listening to Collie Community Radio. And don't forget, you can catch up on this podcast and all our previous episodes by searching Collie Just Transition wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm Nola Green, and I'll speak to you again in the next episode of the Collie Just Transition podcast.